Hey everyone, this is Johanna Godinez from Life and Style Coaches. And if you want to learn more about masterminds, I urge you to check out Brandon Straza and the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everybody. Our guest today is Johanna Godinez. She starts out by sharing her amazing journey about being a race car driver, which led her to found her first business of a racing school. She calls herself the personal assistant for life. She's been in the health and fitness industry since 2008. She's a businesswoman by education, lifestyle and wellness educator by passion, and coach and speaker by trade. She's been on shows such as Good Morning San Diego, and she's contributed to a few books, Habit for Living a Stress-Free Life by Stephen Sambliss, and most recently, Power Proximity by Dr. Greg Reed. All right, I want to welcome back the audience and thank you, Johanna Godinez, for joining us today on The Mastermind Effect. Really thank you appreciate, for having me. Absolutely. Just really appreciate you having here and being willing to share your story about where you came from and then how you've taken your journey through your own mastermind and other masterminds. But let's dial it back a little bit. As I've heard you talk about someone who you feel is a close friend and mentor of yourself by the name of I think it's Napoleon Hill, and ah. he has he has uh, 17 principles, but there's one in particular that we're about here, which is masterminds, and why don't you tell us, because there's a lot of questions out there about what is a mastermind, what can it do, and what they really are in self-education, so why don't you tell the listeners what you feel a mastermind is? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, and Napoleon Hill has been such an inspiration for me. And I believe that two of his principles really kind of fall into mastermind. And it's mastermind and teamwork, right? Because they kind of go together. And mastermind is the concept of you finding people that you respect, that you look up to, and that you have a harmonious relationship with, that you can create new ideas and new ways of looking at the ideas that you have. Now, the benefit of that is that your mind can only come up with things based on your knowledge and your experience. When you have someone coming from a completely different point of view, all of a sudden that opens the opportunity for new ideas and new suggestions and new ways of looking at things, which will in turn spark new ways of you looking at your own situation. And that's the main, main benefit of a mastermind. So I love how you phrased that and how you put that together, but let's see how it was an impact in your life. And as we talked about rewinding, where were you when you finally realized, oh my gosh, this is a mastermind. Where were you in your life and what were you doing at that point? Because I think it was kind of a, an exciting, exciting time for you. Well, the cool thing is I didn't really know that I was doing masterminding until like 10 years later, <laughs> but uh, actually probably more, but I wanted to come up with my first business when I got out of school. I finished in 2004 and I got my bachelor's in marketing. And I quickly realized that these really amazing creative jobs were super seldom, super hard to get. And most people knew someone or there was a connection there. So I wasn't able to get one of those jobs. So I decided quickly, all right, then I'll make something for myself. 
when I was thinking about what I could do, I was looking at combining my passion and what I was good at. My passion was racing and I've always been good at teaching. So by speaking to my dad and really rehashing at the time how I could put this together, I decided that I wanted to do a racing school. And between the two of us, we came up with every step that I would need to take, everything that I would need to prepare, a marketing plan to make it work. And without his point of view, perspective, and knowledge, I don't think I could have been able to to hash that out by myself. So you kind of touched on an interesting point, which our listeners might not know about race cars. So how old were you when you were racing race cars and you were saying, hey, I'm going to create my first, I didn't know it was a mastermind, but my first race car school, how old were you? Well, I finished school when I was 21. I started racing when I was 17. So I actually started later in life. And it all started because I woke up one morning and told my dad that if he didn't let me drive his race car, I was just going to take it out on the street for a joyride. And he knows how wild I am. So he was like, wait a minute, there's like a slight chance that she might actually do this. So he decided to take me to a racing school. And I kind of knew since then that, I mean, I've always loved to coach people. So that was something that kind of sparked in me. Like, this is awesome being able to coach someone into racing. And that first day on the track, I mean, it was meant to be just a couple of days of me driving around. It was never meant to get me to start racing. But the teacher told my father, he was like, listen, your daughter's got some innate talent. Like, you might actually want to think about building on it. And because he was so passionate about racing and I'm the only child, so he doesn't have a boy that he can do this with. He was like, you know what, let's do it. So for the next four years, all of my college money went instead of for going to college, went to racing. And I I found a way to get myself through college (laughs) so I could spend the money on racing. (laughs) Wow. Not a lot of people can say that. You know, if you think about it, like I spent all my money, you know, so I could race. That's unbelievable. So Tell us, what was the tipping point when you realized you needed to be a mastermind or a coach in this process through racing and through your racing school? I've always known that teaching was like an innate thing for me, and I've always created opportunities for myself. So the first time I ever coached, I was 11 years old, and I had a summer camp, and I decided that we needed a talent show, and I put it upon myself to create a talent show. So I taught every single group. The groups were divided by ages. I made one performance that was someone pretending to be somebody and singing. Another one was a dance, so I had to combine people and dance. And the third one was a modeling thing, and people had to go down, walk down the runway, right? So I'm 11, and I made all of this together. And actually, it turned out so well that they incorporated it as a part of the camp the year after. So I've always known something about me has always wanted to create and teach and have fun because anything I've ever worked in has been fun. And yeah, so that that was really my first time experiencing putting something together. But in terms of creating a mastermind, after I finished school, I was so close-minded in the sense that marketing was my vision. Like I had a narrow vision like this. I want to do marketing and marketing is all I'm going to do. Tunnel vision. Yes. And it took me a second to realize like marketing the way I was taught in school isn't really how you apply it in real life. And there was this disconnect between what I learned and how to apply it. And that's when I decided, you know what, if I can get someone to help me build something that I'm passionate about, because I know that having a passion can mean two things. You either make a living out of your passion 
or you make a living to fund your passion. But there has to be something in life that you're excited about and that you're working towards. I've just been lucky enough to been able to think outside the box enough to create a business out of my passion. So getting together with my father and figuring out how can someone who just finished school who has no money start in an industry where you need hundreds of thousands of dollars to perform, right? Like huge disconnect, zero dollars, nothing, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like where, how do you even, and if it wasn't because of the creativity that we came up with, and if you don't mind, I'll give you some examples. Please. So when we started, I was like, dad, how am I going to get people to trust me? How am I going to get them to want to invest in my company? I was 21 at the time. I'm a 21 year old female attempting to show men how to drive. Like what am I going to do to make this stick? So what I did was that I would go to the SCCA events. SCCA is Sports Car Club of America. And I would go there, I would set up a table and it had a little bucket on the table and it said $25 and three laps and I'll make you faster. And what I would do is I would ride with the person for three laps. I would pick the worst turn that they were doing and I would give them two or three hints. They would go faster and they would be like, oh my God. Because you can have a really fast car, but if you don't know technique, it's all about technique. It doesn't matter the car that you have. I would beat BMWs with a Honda Accord because I knew how to drive and they didn't. And they had all the power in the world, but they didn't know how to use it. So if I could prove to people that they didn't know what they had to do, then I could already establish my credibility. So I would charge $25 for three laps and then I would charge $3,000 for a weekend. <laughs> so, and these people could pay for it because they're driving around in Porsches and Jaguars and Corvettes. So you know that they have the money. And of course, their ego tells them that they want to go fast and they want to prove to everyone that they're going better. So I would also kind of use that as a driving force to getting them to want to learn. So and I built my business. So the entrepreneurial and teaching aspect of, of what you were going to continue to grow into started at a very young age then. It started at the age of 11 when you had the talent show and it worked its way up when your family and yourself realized that you had a special ability, a superpower when it came to driving and you found a way to funnel them from a $25 program to a $3,000 program and then go from there. Where was that then you found that person? Like who were you learning from and, and what did they do for you back then that helped you then go from having your racing school to what you do today. And if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about the company that of what you're doing today. Sure thing. Well, first of all, let me go back and say that in order for me to have a racing school, I attended three racing schools and all three of them were in different styles of cars and racetracks so that I could also understand what it meant to drive different things. So I really found first the knowledge myself before going out there. And I understood that even though I was training people in road courses, that maybe some of my drivers would want to come to the States and do ovals because we didn't have ovals in Puerto Rico, but there's plenty of drivers from Puerto Rico that are driving in the States even now. So I wanted to make sure that I could at least point them in the right direction. So first of all, I educated myself really well in everything. And that's also what's led me to this point now. So this journey started because the racing school was going really well, but I felt like I needed to be more business savvy. So I decided to get my MBA. So I left the school, which was doing very well. I left it in the hands of the racetrack owner. So the school is still going just under the racetrack. 
And I gave them all the information. I didn't even sell it. Didn't even think about selling it at the time. I was just like, oh, you've been so great to me. You've helped me so much. He gave me a place to keep my cars and everything. So I just kind of gave it to him. However, when I finished my MBA in 2008, the economy was crap. No one was spending $3,000 to learn how to drive a race car. <laughs> Let's face it, that industry was struggling very much at the time. So getting out of school and going back into that business wasn't really something that I was going to be able to do. When I got out of school myself, it was very tough for me to get a job because I have an MBA, but my only experience has been starting a business and working for myself. So I had no idea what it was like to work in corporate America, nor did I really want to. I just felt like I had to. So I went through a bit of a depression and when I went to the psychologist, they wanted me to take pills and I was against it. I was like, listen, my issue is not a chemical imbalance. It's a situation in my life. And you're not going to chemically alter my brain to feel better when you're not changing my situation. Like that's not how things go. Like it, it just didn't make sense in my brain mm -hmm. to deal with it that way. So I thought outside the box once again, I was living in North Carolina at the time. And because the textile industry basically got wiped out. There were so many bodies looking for jobs that I started looking outside of the state. And I went back to where I had done my bachelor's, which was Illinois. I found a job at Leica Microsystems. But in the interim, because I was so down and I wanted to find a way to improve that, I asked the psychologist what I would do. And they told me to work out. And I have always considered myself an athlete, but I had never worked out. Like I had never stepped foot in a gym. I had just moved my body. So I didn't really even know what that meant. So being the person that I am, I went online and I was like, who can teach me how to do this? And I found a place in South Carolina. It's called the Hilton Head Health Institute. And it's a place that teaches people how to be healthy, how to eat and how to work out. So I was like, perfect. I went there for two weeks and realized that there was this whole world that I had no idea existed. And I fell in love with the fact that all these instructors and all these people were so happy helping other people and making a living out of it. And I was like, boom, company number two. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and, and, and so what I, what I got out of that is you recognized a problem. And from there, you're like, what can I do to fix this problem? And then you realized, I need to go learn from someone that already knows how to do something that I think I would enjoy. And you went right to the source. You went to the front of the line and learned from the best. That's how masterminds work. So whether I knew that I was attempting to mastermind things at the time or not, that's what I was doing. And masterminds work like that. You have an idea and then people fill in an idea. And then you say, well, I see a problem and I don't know how to fix this problem. But other people might have fixed a similar problem or might have approached a problem in a similar way that you can approach this one. So once I experienced that and I realized, wait a minute, like there's this need of people getting healthy and getting fit and it's a way to make money and it's a way to really enjoy what you're doing. Like I realized at the time, like these people were making twice as much an hour as I was making. Granted, there's no way I could work out for eight hours a day, but even if I worked five hours, I was still making more money and I was enjoying my job. Now from there though, once again, how do I go? I didn't want to work at a gym. Are you crazy? Like, like I know what personal trainers have to go. Not that I haven't done it. I have worked at a gym before because I wanted to get experience. But how do I go from understanding that there's a problem to figuring out how to implement a solution, right? And that was another mastermind effect 
that came along. So I'm a big manifester. I believe that when you put intentions out into the universe and you visualize the things that you want, the universe will put the people in your way that you need to receive them, that you need to receive the information, right? So as I was wondering that, somebody came along into my life and was explaining to me that he works for an insurance company and his insurance company offers these amazing benefits for companies that have wellness programs and that he can't believe that not enough people implement these wellness programs and uh ding, 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 ding. there's my answer right there you know you gotta you gotta know that when you put things out to the universe you may not get an answer the way that you think the answer should come i always thought i was going to somehow invent some magic workout or some magic fitness thing and that wasn't it it was implementing these programs into companies why because another thing that i found out was how much discount they can get and what I did was from there, I developed my program knowing what they required for the program. And I would go to companies and I would tell them, listen, I know this is your insurance company. I have some information that can help you lower your premium and your employees premium. And I can help you develop it. And on top of that, I'm going to charge you 80% of what you save. So you're still going to save money. But I'm going to make 80% of that, which ended up being like $150 an hour. So, so you helped solve a problem for them. You said, you, here Correct. is your inherent problem. Because of my knowledge that I've learned over here, I'm going to help you solve this problem. Correct. And I established business, uh, I established wellness programs, not only in this arena, but also for other companies that could use them. So one of my clients was a food distribution company. And we made one of their offices a fitness room and we taught fitness classes. And it started, I would find a nurse that could do the finger pricking and do all those things. And they would know like what their cholesterol levels was and they would take their blood pressure. And then we would start day one. Then we would implement a three-month program. And then at the last time, she would come back. And in those three months, I would be either bringing people in to do the classes and to do everything or sometimes doing it myself, especially the yoga I like to do myself. But that was one. And then another one, which again, is thinking outside of the box because some of these people have no idea that they have a problem that you can solve. They don't even know they have a problem. So you come in and you let them know first that they have a problem. You explain to them what their problem is and then you explain to them how you're coming with a solution for a problem that they don't know they have. So that worked out like that way with the spa. It was the number one spa in Puerto Rico. And in some of their clients would see results, but they didn't understand how to keep them up. So what I did was I developed programs for their clients to keep them up. And then again, my big thing that I believe in is that you need to be able to have a win-win situation, right? That's a huge part with Napoleon Hill and masterminds. It's harmonious and it's win-win. When you come with win-win, sometimes it's like obvious for the people to say yes. They don't even have to think about it. So with these people, my, the way that I worked my way into their company was, one, they could charge more for including my services, and two, I would add on services and pay them a commission for the services that I sold. So basically... I was giving myself a salary, I was giving myself commission, but with my commission, because I was giving them some of it too, then really I was generating the income to pay for myself. 
by paying them a commission from the upsells that I was doing. So I basically found a way to make it so that they charged the clients on both ends. So they were really making money. You found a way to be a value add as opposed to a value drain, not only for their business, but for their clients. And again, it all spurred from a racetrack. Yeah. Let's shift gears, I guess. No (laughs) No (laughs) No pun pun intended. intended. Yeah, a little bit. Let me ask you, you've been on both sides of this coin. You've gone standard education and self-development slash self-education. What would you say you've received the biggest value from? Ah, you know me and you're asking this for a reason. I believe the education system is flawed in many ways. I believe that it's not enough for you to have knowledge. If you don't know how to implement the knowledge, it's like not having knowledge at all. Because you can have a million keys and one door. If you know which key goes to that door, it takes you one second. But if you have to try a million keys, good luck with that. You're never going to find a way to open that door, right? If the education system focused more, not only on the value that they're offering in terms of knowledge, but also offering value in terms of how can these people apply the knowledge, not just how they can apply it, but specifically how they as individuals can apply it, right? Because you have a gift that's very different from my gift. So if you and I were giving the same exact information based on our experiences, our knowledge and our inherent drive, you and I are going to do different things with that information. If someone were to learn that we work that way, then they would give us the information the way that we needed to apply it properly for our own situation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. In school, the teachers are not learning about how the students learn. They're just teaching them and then yelling at them when they're not learning. Oh, but wait, that's just not the way they learn. You yelling at them and telling them that they have an F and still not helping them learn is never going to help that student. It's only going to help them become defeated in life and feel like they don't amount to anything. And excuse me, that is wrong. That is just plain wrong. So for me, I learned more in self-development because I had to teach myself how to apply all of the tools that I was given. I believe that if I would have been taught how to apply my skills better, school would have been an amazing resource. However, without these external experiences and without me going out there and obtaining this additional information, I don't believe that I would have been able to. And let me tell you, not once in high school was I ever really taught the importance of teams. Not ever once was I offered the opportunity to have a mentor. These are things that I needed to find out on my own. But why? Why? Everyone can use a mentor. Even mentors have mentors. I mean, Dave Corbin is the mentor to the mentors. Like, if everyone needs this and everyone can use this, why is this not being taught? Why are we not taught that those friends that you have in high school that you're super close with, if you're all really good at something, you can start a business in high school. Why do you need to wait until you go to school more? Like, have fun with it. Like, make your little club and start something. I would have had a dance school by now if I would have put to work the things that I would have learned. I put together a little dance group when I was in like third or fourth grade. If I could do that then, I could have a dance team now. And I would have been an amazing choreographer. And that's probably where my life would have gone because that was my first passion. If I would have been told from a young age, develop your skills, I would be a dance choreographer right now. But I was never told that. So dancing was something that was a hobby. I was on the dance team, but I mean, who's going to make a living out of a dance team? Like you're not taught that there's 
people that make a living out of teaching dance, that's something that's almost looked down on. So it's just crazy how, you know, it took all these experiences to teach me something that I could have been taught in school, but because it took questions in my own life to inspire me to look for more knowledge outside of myself, I definitely believe that I've educated myself much better than school has ever educated me and my experiences. I mean, I, I'm, I live an experiential life. Nick Halleck is one of my heroes. I've gotten to meet him a few times. I mean, he lives the, ex- he, he's the, the thrillionaire or whatever, but um, he's my hero. He lives his life at 100 miles an hour all day, every day. You know, I come from a place of love at all times. However, we're here to find who we are and then serve others based on that. But if you don't know how you are, how can you truly serve? So if I'm hearing you right, self-education, standard education, it's self-education. And I think that's becoming more of the new norm. I mean, we're talking, it's over a $50 billion a year industry right now. And people are realizing whether it's because of social or it's just because of, you know, the networking that you're able to do today across, well, I'm in Texas and you're out in California and we're able to have this unbelievable conversation and learn from you. Those borders and those barriers are down today. Now, if I were to sit there and ask you, what do you think is the best way? So you're in the coaching space. And I want you to elaborate a little bit more about how you've built a team. You're not trying to be the jack of all trades, but what is a good way for someone to be able to find the right mastermind or coach or event that they should go to right now? So the first thing they need to think about is what is it that I'm trying to do? What am I building? Be really clear on your vision. If you're not clear on your vision, one, you're not going to be able to properly communicate it to others. And two, it's going to be really hard for you to understand who it is that you need in your life. And then... I always pick mentors based on a couple of things. Number one, people that have done what I'm attempting to do and have been successful at it. Number two, people that I really respect who have knowledge. Usually my youngest mentor is Greg Reed. And Greg is what, in his 50s? Most of them are deceased. Let's start with that. Most of them are dead and gone. Plato, Socrates, Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, James Allen. I mean, those are all dead and gone. But they're still around right here inside of me, right? In the living aspect, they're all people who have gone through a lot of different experience. And I have mentors that have created seven multi-million dollar businesses and sold them. I have another one who's Greg, who helps me with my speaking and developing my writing. I have Pat, who's my creative, loving, heartfelt mentor. So that's what I need in my life. I need someone that keeps me on track with my business aspect. I need someone who's got the connections that I can use. And I need someone who's always going to help me stay grounded. That's me. So what is it that you're attempting to build and create? And what can you be supported at? And it's always the things that you're lacking or that you feel most unsure about that you can really use a mentor in. Because they're not only there to help fill in the gaps that you have, If it's the right relationship, they're also your biggest cheerleaders and they're going to be there. And they're the ones that when you come to them and you say, I failed, they're the ones that are going to say, uh-uh, you didn't fail. Feel this, sit through it, throw yourself a pity party. And then when you're ready to come back to me, we'll make sure that this isn't a fail. This is just one more lesson and one more step towards reaching your goal. And let's go into your business and what you do with your coaching. You've built that same 
pillar mentality around you where you're like, this is my lane. This is what I'm good at. But these people might need something. I don't want to finish the sentence for you, but the people that come to you might need something. And so you start filling in those gaps. Can you explain to us why you realize that it's so important to be the right type of mastermind or the right type of coach by going with that philosophy? Well, when I got into this, my whole vision was health, fitness, wellness, Like I wanted people to be fit and love their bodies. And I quickly realized that, gosh, these people have some underlying issues that I was not prepared. And because as someone who's helping someone on their journey towards health, you gain a very close relationship with people and they start opening up and then you start understanding the underlying things. And what that made me realize was that unless we figure out what the root cause of the things that are happening in our life is, all of the superficial things that we take care of aren't necessarily going to fill that void sort of thing. So for example, I had a woman who needed to lose some weight, but then she lost some weight and then she didn't like her skin. So then she got a tummy tuck. And then because she lost weight, then her boobs and her butt went away. Then she got her butt and her boobs on. So what does that mean? Her body is not an issue. She's got an image issue. She's got an issue that no matter what you do to your body, your image hasn't changed. Now it's something else. Now it's something else. So through my coaching, I realized unless I figure out what these underlying things are for my clients, I'm not really serving them because I help them while I'm coaching them. And then they can't sustain this on their own because their underlying issues of drive and will and understanding why aren't being filled. So through life and style coaches, the first thing we do with our clients is give them like an evaluation and figure out, is it internally that you're having issues affecting you? Or is it the situations around your life that you feel are out of control outside of you? Once we figure that out, we can start putting a plan in place. Now, why is it that I have a team? Because if we figure out that part of your issue is that you're not communicating well with your partner, I'm not a relationship psychologist. If you figure out that you have things about your past that you haven't dealt with that are just really ingrained in you and your subconscious and really need to be worked at, I'm not a hypnotherapist and I have no intention of rehashing your past with you. I work in your future. I don't work with your past. That's the difference between coaches and psychologists. For everyone out there who doesn't really get it, psychologists help uncover the underlying things that are wrong with you, quote unquote. A coach doesn't give a rat's butt how you got to where you are. We are going to work with what you have and figure out what you can develop to move forward and create something. But if there's things about your past that are underlying that aren't allowing you to move forward, Unfortunately, we can't get past this unless you deal with this side. But again, I'm not prepared to deal with this side. So what I did was I found people that could compliment me. So I have a hypnotherapist from the Chopra Center. I have a relationship psychologist. I have a building company. So one of our clients, she lost her husband and she had very, very deep level of depression And after much conversation, her health issues and her overeating stemmed from the fact that she was living in the place where she took care of her man and passed away. And she hasn't been able to move on because she's in that space all day, every day. So we figured out what her bucket list was. And we sent her on a six-week cruise. 
And when she got back from that six-week cruise, she walked into a different house. The garden was done different. The house was painted different. There were walls torn down in the house. Like enough was done in those six weeks to make it so that she was able to come into a different space. Now, what does that do? It gives you a different starting point so that you can actually move forward with the superficial, more superficial things that are actually affecting. Wow. That's that was a long that. response. <laughs> yeah. But I love how you rounded that out. So as we're talking about one of someone that's been in your mastermind or one of your students, you know, in your coaching program, have any of them done anything that has just, that they've accomplished that surprised you after going through this process? Oh my God, absolutely. I had someone hire me because they were stressed. So they wanted to create more life balance and they wanted to manage their level of stress. So I came into their life with yoga philosophy, right? I was going to help them incorporate a yoga lifestyle, incorporate mindfulness, meditation, yoga, and it was all about mindfulness. Well, after speaking to him for a while, I realized that this man is very passionate about helping people and he's stuck in his company working and the company can basically run itself, but because he's got nothing else to do, he's still very involved in the company because he just doesn't know what else to do. So once we started really hashing things, we realized like this man wants to help people realize themselves and understand who they are, which is very much in line with the things that I believe and probably why the conversation even came around. And we have a 501c3 now. Like I help them establish a, a nonprofit. I help them write the grant and find the right people to get it done. And, and it's there. We have our EIN and that's what's going to be what fills that person's life. It isn't the mindfulness. It isn't, he was choosing to be in that situation and causing that stress for himself. The company could run itself. I was like, what are you doing? You're doing this to yourself. But he didn't have anything else to do. Oh, but now he's got this passion project that he gets to work on, that he gets to talk about, and that he gets to be excited about again. And now it gives a different level of relevance to his company because he also has things that he can talk about to his suppliers and to his business partners and to the people that are in his industry about getting involved in and, and volunteering in or using as a place to put some of their, their good faith. To me, that's been one of the coolest ones because one thing obviously had nothing to do with the other. You didn't give him what he wanted. You gave him what he needed. Correct. And that's what the power of having a team of people around you is really able to do is you found out, I want this. No, you need this. Yeah. So in this industry, everyone's always talking about you have to be able to scale. You have to be able to sell your program, blah, 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 blah. Okay. My company doesn't work that way. It's not possible because we tailor everything to our clients. So the only thing that we do that's the same for everyone is the life mapping process. Because the life mapping process is about you learning about yourself and discovering yourself. And I, as a person, believe that your journey starts with you. You're not here to create success in an external way. You're here to find out what it is that you're here, who this is, who am I, who am I, who is this person living this experience, who is this thing in my head that is aware that you and I are having this conversation, what is this reality that I'm living that you can never understand because you're not in my mind. Because even right now, we are living in one reality, but you're experiencing it from the interviewer's point of view, and I'm experiencing it from the interviewee. So there is one reality, three different real things happening. The way you perceive it, the way I perceive it, and reality. Yeah, that's brilliant. 
Can you give the listeners something that you've learned in the last 12 months that can help fast track them? And I know that's kind of a broad question, but has there been anything in the last 12 months that you've learned that you could give a little bit of advice and say, if you do this, like this is the potential that it could create? So if you're working on yourself, read Outwitting the Devil. If you are working with a team, read Illuminate the Negative. If, oh, yes, I said you got my copy. Um, you know, it depends, again, because things are so individual. So do you want to fast track yourself towards success? Right now, call the person you've been scared to call. If that's what you're looking for, to elevate your business to the next level, who are you scared of calling? Call them right now. Pick up the phone. People are much more available right now than they'll ever be. I got to spend an hour and a half speaking with someone who I would have never in a million years even have been able to get on the phone. So step outside of the box and always look at what you're attempting to do as how is this going to serve others as it's serving me? Because, well, first of all, I'm very grateful that referrals are how I run my business. I don't need to hand out business cards. I do have a website, but more than anything, it's just to house the things that I've done. But if you have the ability to connect with someone who can, again, be your mentor, even if it's for an hour, just to give you their time to think outside the box, someone that you look up to, someone that you've been scared to contact, someone who you want to ask for to be your partner or to give you some kind of intel. You know, the, the way that we grow is by coming together. I think it was maybe Buddha that said that lighting someone else's candle with your candle doesn't dim your light. It just makes everything brighter. So this is the time when you need to develop your network and you need to develop your relationships and think outside the box because we don't even know what a new normal is. So stop looking for it. Create it. Beautiful. Unbelievable. All right. So what are you excited about as we're on the 12 month thing right here? What are you excited about coming up over the next 12 months that you're working on that someone might not know about? Oh, I'm always working on new things. So right now I am completing the last few hours that I need to complete my 500 hours for yoga because I have a new yoga school. So I am now able to train yoga teachers. It's called Beyond Asana Yoga. So it's more than postures. That's what it means. It's beyond the postures since yoga is a lifestyle, not an exercise. And I wrote a book which uh, <laughs> that I just turned into a publisher to just see if they'd be interested to work with it. Uh, What's it about? Give us a little taste of what it's about. So it's about developing and finding the power within you. I believe that our experience in this universe is a lot more than the superficial reality that has been created by the media and by society. I'm a bit of a free thinker. I don't put myself in any category. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a free thinker. I think for myself. <laughs> that, that's it. And I believe very, very deeply that we have this inherent power to drive our lives and to create. You are what you think is not a joke, like in many ways. So your body comes from the things that you eat. What you put in your mouth makes you. Your brain is driven by the things that you see. So what you're constantly observing and listening to is what drives your thoughts, right? So the more 
we have an overwhelming feeling of all of these things coming into our lives and us not using moderation, instead becoming basically attached and addicted to it, the less you have the ability to think for yourself and to understand that this universal energy that drives this planet is in you and you have access to it and you can ask for things and you can give it things. Obviously, nothing comes without a price, right? And that's where being in flow doesn't mean I'm going to put it out to the universe and I'm going to sit back and let the universe do it for me. Being in flow means that you're actively looking for the opportunities that the universe is presenting to you based on what you're asking for. And it may not come the way that you want it. So that's why it's important to stay with a clear mind and a positive mind frame so that you can actually see those opportunities when they come and not have the fear and the doubt because you have the self-courage to take those opportunities. Well, I can't wait to hear what the publisher has to say. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I just can't wait to see it come to light and hear what it's about because you would explain it to me. It's almost like a journey and it's almost like this journey in this book is to take you from, from here to here, but that journey might take 20 years. Yeah, the book is something where literally it says pause a bunch of times in the book. It's like, don't read anymore. Take a second, reflect. There's like eight or nine exercises in the book that are meant to teach you how to feel everything. This is the thing. Me saying this isn't going to do anything if you can't experience it for yourself, right? Like we don't learn from other people's experiences. We can say that we do, but we don't. You got to trip over that rock and learn your lesson for yourself. You can use the knowledge other people give you to make your choices and your decisions, but straight up learning from someone else's experience, it's not always realistic. So that's kind of where that comes from. And that's the great thing about masterminds. You can learn, you can experience you from other people's faults, failures. You still have to get knocked around. You still have to like get beat up a little bit throughout the process, but being in that group setting it allows you to take little pieces and then bring them together for what, whatever, if in your case, like what the universe is trying to help you get to. It might yeah. And, and, and let's talk a little bit about the failures too, because it hasn't all been amazing, right? So let's talk a little, about, a little bit about the things that have gone wrong. So Life and Style Coaches started as Facebook. It was meant to be a social media platform where people could connect with each other based on these different areas of their lives. And I was going to have main coaches that were going to run these different categories. I was with a business partner and the business partner ended up not being the person that I should have been in business with. So I walked away, not only from everything that we were building, but then I had to get lawyered up to get him out of the business and to protect myself and my intellectual property, right? So that alone took like six or seven months. Those are the moments that are crucial. Because I could have said, this failed, boom, done. But instead, here we are a year later, we now have a book, my own website, now we're writing for for different things. And the team that we put together for the coaching platform is still a team, but it's just working in a different way. And instead of having the support and online platform, they get to support people instead. Again, it doesn't always look like you think it's going to look. But as long as you keep moving and you listen to your intuition and you truly take in and accept the things as they're coming, because I could have also said, oh, I'm getting an inkling that this person isn't the right person, but it doesn't matter. This is a million dollar idea. Why do I care? Let's just make money, right? I could have also gone down that and who knows, maybe it would have been successful. Maybe I'd be a millionaire right now instead. 
but that that's not the point. The point is, if you are coming from a place of heart and you know what your intentions are and what you are attempting to create, the universe will tell you when you are in the right direction or when something isn't really for you. The sirens in the background say that someone's in the wrong direction right now. Obviously, but I, I'd also oh, look at th- look, look at the military. Can you see the military? Yeah, I'd also sit there and say your view from where you're at. Obviously, things uh, have worked out quite well with what you've done. So, I'll ask this last question to you: What has been, as we're called, the mastermind effect? What is the effect in a shortened sentence been for you because of masterminds? How has that affected your life? Oh my God, Mastermind has helped me understand what the meaning of life is and what my purpose is. It has, it has given me the ability to think outside the box and to understand what tools I have needed to keep moving in times that I thought that I couldn't go anymore. So for me, the Mastermind effect, I mean, I am now a Mastermind Alliance certified provider because I am such a strong believer that you can only go so far, but if you have a team, there is no end in sight. You know, you, you, you set up your own boundaries. You don't let anyone set them for you. So yeah, masterminds are, they're the wave of the future. We're supposed to work in, in community. We're not supposed to do this all on our own. That's just, it's just not the way we're, we're tribe. We're tribes yeah. people. It's just the way it is. As an individual, we'll fail. But as a tribe, we'll succeed. United, we stand and we fight forward. All right. What's the best way if someone wants to reach out to you and find out more about what you're doing? We'll have it in the show notes below. But what is the best way that someone can reach out to you and uh, have a conversation? Oh, give me a call. 815-501-5070. It's the best. I had an amazing call this morning with someone in Canada from another podcast that they were listening And he's building an amazing company and we got to brainstorm and he went from maybe selling the company to figuring out how to make it work for itself and then starting another company and keeping them both. So yeah. And, and, you know, it's one of those things. I'm a firm believer that I will give you all the information you need. No strings attached. If you can't apply it on your own, that's what I'm here for. But if you can, High five, go for it. Have fun with it. I'm, I mean, that, that's just how I work. You know, if you don't actually need me, if you can actually implement the things on your own, I'll give you an hour and a half of my time. We'll brainstorm, we'll mastermind. And if you can implement it, go for it. Sky's the limit. Wow. Johanna, I appreciate the time that you've taken just to grace us with everything that you have to say. There's so much more that I want to ask, but we're out of time right now. So again, thank you. And if anyone wants to find out, hey, she just gave you her cell number. Reach out to her. She's an amazing Absolutely. She's an amazing businesswoman and coach. And one of the sayings you have in there is that you're uh, someone's assistant for life. So check her out. And again, we appreciate you joining us on The Mastermind Effect. Thanks, Brandon. My pleasure. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the Mastermind Effect.